him in such a question. They that had named Aristotle and St. Francis as their chosen guests again cried out their names, and with those I was content, saying that against them I would justify Attila, and another like him, as Chinggis Khan, or Hulagu, of whom I doubt these scholars had heard, though they cried I to him. I would do it, I said, on an hypothesis as thus. Here is any one of you in a lonely place, as a little cabin in the wilderness, with no neighbors or friends by, and ye are sick and feeble, and with you your wife and two fair daughters. Hereon they cried that being young they had no daughters, and would other men's daughters do, to give them solace in that lonely place, whereof they doubted not they would soon be enfeebled if not sick. I let them bray it out, and when they were quiet, continued. As ye lie there, helpless, there approach three great thieves and murderers, that ye know to be crueler than any devils, who will surely torment and slay you and ravish your wife and fair daughters, and take and burn all besides. There is no help for you at all, being at their mercy if they come in. But as ye lie in terror for what is to come, a knock falls on the nether door of your poor cabin, as it may be some wayfarer seeking lodging or refreshment. Aye, and it may be he will lend you aid against your enemies approaching. You bid your wife open in haste. Now tell me, scholars, what men do you hope to see there when she opens? The learned, gentle Aristotle, and St. Francis the meek, or Attila the great Hun, armed Capapai with Chinggis at his elbow. From which pair, in your sore need, shall you hope to have the greater good, the saintly philosophers or the lusty men of war? They cried out with scorn, that between the enemies before and Attila at their back it was all one. They should have nothing but evil at the hands of either. Not so, says I, and bade them look in the chronicles. For there you shall read that the Scythian and the Mongol both, though in their conquest they were monsters of cruelty that put whole nations to the sword, yet in their private and domestic ways were zealous for good order and discipline of law, being such as would not suffer weak or poor folk to be despoiled or hurt by thieves and ravishers. Aye, of that Chinggis was it said that while he carpeted all Asia with bones, Yet might a virgin with a bag of gold walk the length of his dominions without harm. So perfect was his governance. So again I say, who shall better serve you in time of peril? The philosophers, who wish you well, but cannot front the murderers save with words, or the bloody ravagers of empires, who are yet ready to turn their weapons against common spoilers. At this they fell to babbling and dispute, and one fell down drunk, crying, Paradox! Paradox! While another said that for all he knew Aristotle might be a right swashing boy when it came to a fray. I asked, would he wager on him with sword and buckler against my two savages? Let roaring Francis give what aid he might, and he said no, not at any odds. And while a few of them held such as Attila and Chinggis would do no good service to any, 
the more hell that I had made my case, and should not be fined or insulted, but pressed more drink upon me that I durst not refuse for fear of their rough merriment, and called me a jolly old pope. And how I came home I know not, for they found me sodden among the cabbages in the almshouse garden, and I was two weeks abed thereafter with the sciatica, and lying there, and not able to read more than a little for the infirmity of mine eyes that are worn with looking on the world's wickedness fourscore years, I fell to meditating on the good that evil men may do, by design or more commonly by chance, and was vexed that I had not told the Clare fellows how this same Attila, through his ravaging of Lombardy, had caused the folk to flee to those lagoons where they made the town of Venice, which is now surely a great...